I'm Todd Stacy, And I'm Mary Sell. And welcome to In the Weeds with Alabama Daily News. Or I, I really should say, welcome back to In the Weeds. We've had a, a pretty long hiatus. We actually started this podcast back in 2018, I think, and went for mm-hmm. two or three years. But um, I kind of got busy doing uh, Capital Journal TV duties, and so it kind of got mothballed. But we're back. And we're back. Best of I'm all, back. yeah. Best, best of all, yeah. Best of all, we're back with the one and only Mary Sell, editor of Alabama Daily News. And that's, I kept getting asked, don't just do the podcast by yourself. Bring Mary in. She's the one that knows everything. That is very kind. Um, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> well, me too. And, you know, it, it really was that way. I had successful little run of, you know, had a lot of good interviews with top Alabama politicians and good episodes and everything. But when um, I got hired by Alabama public television to do that show, I mean, it kind of gave me two jobs and this, this yeah. podcast was sort of really time intensive. It takes people don't realize it takes kind of hours to put it together. Uh, so that just kind of got, went, went by the wayside, but there's better technology. Now there's better software that makes it a lot less time consuming. And so, Anyway, that's that's why we were gone, and that's but it's, it's good to be back. That's I'm glad it's back. Am I allowed to call it the Toddcast? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it, it, funny story. I mean, when I was figuring out names for the pod, trying to think about what we would call this thing, uh, the Toddcast was on the list. Like, okay, that might be clever, but it just kind of seemed sort of I don't know, self centered. You know? Yeah. Um, right. But uh, so well, I, there, it's still going to be my nickname for it. Okay, that, that's <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Um, but the, but the the way I came to end the weeds and the, the reason behind that is um, when I was working in D.C. when I started up there, it was just sort of this Capitol Hill phrase people use, just this like uh, idiom kind of of like, mm-hmm. hey, let's not get into the weeds of this. Meaning like, let's not get too far into the details of state top level. And it was just everybody would always kind of use it kind of overuse it yeah um but i thought it might be great for this because whether it's in a story that we publish or even on tv like there's a lot of times not enough space not enough time to go into detail it's like with these interviews that i would do it with politicians i mean you talk for an hour uh, or right. 30 minutes and it allows a lot more detail so i thought that might be a a clever name i like it i think it makes sense yeah, but, but we are um, the podcast. <laughs> that's that's fine. I, I, you can't. And I know uh, Chuck Chuck Todd ha- took it too, and it wasn't an original idea, but I, I still that, like it. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. He can have it. Um, okay, but we are not just bringing about the podcast. We're um, celebrating a couple of milestones. We have a brand new website that we rebuilt, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this month we're celebrating. Five years in business. Alabama Daily News has been around five years. Congratulations. Uh, well, yeah, and 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 to you as well. I know the the best thing that ever happened is we picked up Mary Cell in was it twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, you hired me part time, few hours a week for the legislative session, and and we said, well, we'll 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 see how this goes. And that was four <laughs> years ago. Wow. <laughs> Four years ago, several sessions, a couple special sessions, and yeah, it's uh doesn't seem like four years, but yeah. Well it's, it's been fun. Uh, you say we're we're gonna see how this goes. That was probably you more telling me we'll see how this goes. <laughs> like, no, right. I, I elbowed my way in and made myself real comfy on your website. So thank you. Yeah. Well, but look, uh, you you took a leap of faith on me, not the other way around, because I was this new new entity trying yeah. to do the right thing but i mean i remember people were like what is he doing he's leaving congress oh. to come start this oh website. i was one, i remember too because i was one of those people <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah it's like wait he he must have yeah. some kind of ulterior motive and yeah all that. this is yeah i i was a little skeptical i i, I could have been nicer to you in the very beginning i think <laughs> but well look but I it mean, all worked out there's a lesson there kids be be kind to everybody because you never know you're going to end up working for. Well, I, I mean, I didn't think you were unkind, but but it, it, we did have to prove it. You know, it's like sure. 
nobody knows. You say, I'm going to start this news organization. And of course, I had worked in Republican politics, right? And so it's like, mm -hmm. well, this is going to be a, a right-wing, another right-wing site. But I really had a goal of, no, we really want to be right down the middle. And But there's only one way to do that, and that's to prove it. Yeah, you, know, you just have to put in the time. And you did. You put in the time, you put in the 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 stories the work and you know we we had a great event in montgomery um uh, this wednesday morning um the, your legislative issues breakfast had a great turnout and you know i don't think that would have been the case if people didn't have a little little bit at least a little bit of respect for us so it was a really great event and you should be proud i agree and and so should you yeah so we had this uh legislative issues breakfast um Really, I've been thinking about an event for a while um, to just, you know, I keep going back to like the National Press Club and how yeah. newsmakers would, would kind of go there and be able to talk about issues and everything. But it's not like this, you know, sponsored by an entity, sponsored by like a, a, a lobbying group or something, you know, um, because right away you're sort of, you know, maybe getting their talking points. So. It, saw, it started out as like a reception, mm -hmm. you know, during the organizational session, let's get everybody in and just, you know, reconnect. Um, but, you know, thinking about that, it was two problems. Number one, the speaker, the new speaker was going to have a reception that night, Tuesday mm -hmm. night. So what are you going to do to compete with that? Yeah, no. And then number, number, the right <laughs> and then number two, like, all right, if it's a reception and everybody's drinking, like nobody's going to listen to anything anybody has to say. So breakfast I yeah. thought was a really good idea and, and um, it worked out. It was a real big success. It did. It worked out really well. I, I still think mimosas would have helped, but it was a great event. <laughs> Mimo <laughs> hey, mimosas would have been great. This for, um, you know, re <laughs> let's, let's really get the, the truth, you know, in vino yeah. veritas. <laughs> right. And then send them to the state house. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, it was a um, it was a eventful week in Montgomery. Um, organizational session, basically. I mean, I, th I think most listeners to this podcast know what that means. It's mm -hmm. uh, electing a speaker, electing a Senate pro tem. It's passing rules, uh, and it, it was interesting because it it came timed right after Washington. We we watched Washington spend a week, <laughs> there, there, right. at least the House, right. failing to do those simple tasks. Right. And um, but the, there was it was busy, but there was no none of that high drama. Would would you agree? Well, yeah, but I mean, we we've known we've known since November who the speaker was going to be, uh, unless something just absolutely bonkers happened. We knew who the speaker was going to be, um, and President Pro Tem. We, we knew all those leaders coming in. So this was, you know. A, pretty there was a lot of there was a, the ceremony um but there, there were no big surprises I and mean, that that already been worked out i think for me the biggest news for those couple of days were the rules the rules that they adopted and yeah talk I mean, about the, that what, what what happened sure and this like speaking of in the weeds this is i mean this kind of stuff is is the it's truly the how they operate and the nitty gritty of just how they function. But there were some changes that I, I think will be interesting to watch play out. In the House, they changed how local bills can advance. And we know that local bills are bills that pertain just to one county. Um, and in previously, any member could contest a local bill, whether it's you're from that county or not. You could contest, contest a bill. It doesn't kill it, but it slows it down a bit. And we have seen previously, and I, we, we heard this on the, around the State House uh, this week, people referring to it as the uh, Representative Tommy Hain rule, because mm -hmm. we previously saw him angry about legislation of his that was killed, start slowing down, contesting local bills that he had nothing nothing to do with, just just to do it. So now, if anybody wants to contest a local bill, it will take 11 members from outside that county to contest it. Or if there is a local delegation, and that applies to the largest counties, um, Jefferson, Mobile, Madison, and a few others, it is either two members or 
whatever is largest to contest a, a bill from their county and slow it down. So I'm just, I'll, I'll be curious to watch this play out the first time. And there were some, some conversations from Democrats, well, why are we doing this? Why, why would anybody care about local bills from somebody else's county? What happened to local courtesy? But I mean, there are cases where we've seen, seen somebody try to slow down a local bill. So I'll, I'll just be curious to see what it's gonna look like when, I mean, you could get 11 Democrats together to slow down a Republican local bill somewhere just just because, or, or vice versa. So I'm just, it's just one of those little ones that maybe it's never going to come up and be an issue, or maybe it will. So a yeah. um, few other changes uh, in the Senate, they've changed how, how long they have to wait to um, call a public hearing on a bill. Previously, if somebody requested a public hearing, there had to be 48 hour notice on that public hearing. The new language that they adopted yesterday says 48 hours when possible. Um, and so like on the surface, you're like, why are they doing that? Um, Cause it seems like it, it would slow, could slow down, you know, the public's ability to to gather for a public hearing. And when I talked to some some of the senators about it, um, the thought is that, especially late in the session, if you have a, a committee meeting planned with a bill and somebody calls a public hearing or requests a public hearing, uh, if you have to wait 48 hours, 48 hours in legislative time is a lot more in real lifetime. That could That could be three or four or five, six days, uh, depending on where you are in the, well, maybe not six, but it could be several days, uh, calendar days. Mm -hmm. It could just delay the passage of, of the legislation. So there, uh, I think the idea there was just to have some more flexibility. Um, again, we'll see. I hope this doesn't happen. Um, hopefully we don't see, you know, lawmakers calling public hearings in 12 hours or less. Uh, hopefully they, they try to stick with that 48 hour uh, suggestion as much as possible. Yeah, that, that was kind of my take too, is that, well, I can see the utility of, right. especially late in the session when you just don't have time to, right. to, to call a, a, wait 48 hours to call a public hearing. At the same time, it's these are the rules. It doesn't say late in the session. It just says, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just the rules. So, I think it's good to report on it as you did, as we did, um, so that it's out there and so that it, 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 we can kind of self-police it or like they, they need to self-police it. Otherwise right. you can get to a point. I mean, in the middle of the session where they don't give 48 hours of notice for a, a hearing and they can say, look, we didn't break the rules. Right. Um, but I mean, I, 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 if I, if I'm correct, uh, Senator Orr, who brought the change, uh -huh. is kind of on record like, no, 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 we're still going to do this. It's just a, yeah. a, a backstop. So I think it's incumbent on the press and everybody else to keep them accountable on that. Right, exactly. And similarly, in the House, um, one of their rule changes um, says that now committee leaders can give a six-hour notice of meetings on bills they receive from the Senate um, after the 20th legislative day. So again, when you get late in the session, um, previously um, it was a 24 hour notice was required up to the 27th legislative day. But now after the 20th day, they can just give a six hour notice on a committee meeting when a bill comes down from the Senate. And it, I, I heard the same argument when it gets late in the session, we get things bottlenecked, uh, lawmakers start getting anxious about moving their bills this will just help us move things more fluidly okay cool i can see that um but uh let, let's watch it in practice and and hopefully you know everybody's not calling calling bills um uh, on just a six-hour notice mm -hmm. or calling calling meetings on a six-hour notice um the the other similar change on conference committees I didn't even, 
I learn stuff every every day at the state house. Um, conference committees had to give a one hour notice. You know, when we get late in the session and the, mm -hmm. the budgets are going back and forth, they no longer have to give that one hour notice. Um, so, so they can just meet. They can just meet. Um, and when it gets to be midnight at the state house, I might appreciate that rule uh, when we're talking about general fund budgets or education budgets late late in the night. Um, but yeah, they'll just be able to meet. And, and Arthur Ward did say, like, you know, a lot of times we're all there, we're just watching that clock. Uh, so again, they're, they're saying that the point is flexibility, moving things along. Um, so yeah, which I again I get. Yeah. I've I've having worked in the legislature myself. Yeah, they, it, sometimes the rules just get you, and and, yeah. and it's the reason you don't pass a bill. At the same time, you know it's it's kind of their problem if it's if they're if they're that late in the session, right? Um, right. Yeah. The, the other change I, I thought was significant was the whole combining committee amendments into the. Um, into one amendment, you may have touched on that, but um, that I see yeah, is, is so, kind of legit. But but what was what's the explanation there? So one thing that, I, that I've heard from both chambers uh, talking to members the last couple of days is they want committees to do more work. Um, we we reported today the committee list from the Senate. If you notice, those committees got bigger. Almost every committee grew by a couple of members. And I was asking around about that today and I said, well, there's just, you know, more people want, wanted to be on, on different committees. Um, and somebody told me, we need to be doing more of this work in committees and we need more eyes on bills in committees to get them better before they get to the floor. And so what the House is doing, um, you know, how currently or, or previously, I should say, every committee amendment would be a separate amendment that got voted on, got debated. Uh, what they are gonna be doing now is engrossing every change into one, basically one document to be voted on. And um, so that will, and that's also another thing that could possibly cut down on, on some of the debate time, um, but I think that could also maybe lead to some better bills. Hmm. Uh, if if more work is getting done on on the front end, as as they seem, I heard that from Ledbetter when he was talking to to the media after those rules were adopted. They want they want more of the the work done in committees to get bills where they Ready. need to be instead of instead of saying, oh well, we'll we'll fix it on the floor. We'll fix it on the yeah. floor. <laughs> you hear that a lot in the state house. Well, look, let's just pass this thing through committee. Right. We'll fix it on the floor. We'll and... fix it on the floor. And that doesn't always happen. Um so I I think it it'll be interesting. And the other thing that Ledbetter said is, you know, it puts more work on the committees, it puts more responsibilities on the committees, more power on on committees. Um, so maybe those will get, uh, we'll have a little bit more discussion about bills before they get to the floor, which I think that could be a good thing. Yeah. Well, that kind of reminds me of, um, in Congress, the appropriations committee. Now, uh, now the committees over the years in Congress have, have lost their little by little lost their authority and influence because, you know, the sort of the, the in the Senate, in the House, it's the Speaker's office basically that runs everything. In the Senate, it's the Majority Leader's office. But on the Appropriations Committee, at least, when they are going through those bills, you know, you have like a, a work session, and then mm -hmm. just like like a hearing or or, or actual meeting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they'd go through. I mean, it would be hours long meetings. Yeah. To actually build these bills and take amendments, vote on them, and all that kind of stuff. So, so I would be curious. You know, if, if they want to go down that route, because, you know, <laughs> be careful what you ask for. I mean, that's a lot of work. It's yeah. And, and um, considering that many times in the state house, you know, long days can happen. I, I'm I'm curious if the committees are ready for that. <laughs> ready, well, right. ready I mean, for the we've work. Still got, yeah, we've still got the same amount of committees. I can't imagine we're going to have any less legislation um, filed in the upcoming session than, than average. I mean, there's usually more than a thousand bills every year. Um, and, you know, Wednesday's committee days are just chaos with multiple mm -hmm. committees meeting at the same time. 
So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to to see what this looks like in practice. I mean, we're gonna have five hour committee meetings, or because um, I mean, some of these these committees they have the 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 big bills will take a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, we'll see. I, I'm I'm curious to see what what they actually go with. Um, my big request to legislative leadership and the governor's office is like, all right, these three day weeks at the end, and we should explain that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So normally in legislative session, it's it's basically House and Senate come in on Tuesday to have a a, a chamber day. You know, passing legislation. Yeah. Wednesday's committee day. So it's all mm -hmm. committees. Thursday is another session day where they're passing bills. Well, because, partly because of the special session at the very beginning of last session, right? They, they basically lost two calendar weeks. And so they got to the end of the session and they needed to, to go fast. So they yeah, started they were running out of their calendar days. Yeah. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are all session days. And you're also doing committee work. So whether it's the news media, us, whether it's the members themselves, and especially staff, a lot of things get lost, a lot of mistakes get made. And so I was, I've been telling them like, okay, if there's a special session, we can talk about that in a minute. Sure. Um, if there is a special session that, that they need to call, do it before. Do it before yeah. the, the regular session begins so we're not burning those days Mm -hmm. those, those calendar days right uh, and, and not run rushing around at the at the end of the session because what they do you know sometimes at the beginning is kind of take their time right mm -hmm. hey, look we got 30 days you know we got, we got feeling good plenty right. of time. and so i just don't want to get so some of these rule changes are obviously aimed at end of session frustration right. and, and, mm -hmm. and trying to Figure that out a little quicker later, let, but yeah, right. Let's let's fix that at the beginning. So if you're listening, Governor or her, or her <laughs> staff and all that, I just I just think it that was a that was a problem last year, and, and there's plenty of time before uh, the session begins. So yeah, yeah. No, the, those last couple of weeks were were busy for sure. So, but well, let, let's talk about a possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. I, Obviously, I talked to just all everybody I can uh, trying to get trying to figure out what's going on with will there or won't there be a special session, and um, I, I keep getting mixed answers. Sounds almost like the governor's office and legislative leadership have kind of gone back and forth about the need for one. And when we talk about special session, really the reason for it would be passing the the. ARPA two funds. So American right. Rescue Plan Act came in two tranches. Number the first one they dealt with last year, last session, but it was a special. And she, mm -hmm. so the governor calls them after her state of the state speech, or I guess maybe in her state of the state speech, says, "Okay, you're now in special session. Go pass this this funding legislation to, to use Alabama's portion of the ARPA funds." And it was a good idea um, because you isolate the issue. It's the only thing. Well, there were a couple other things in the call, but but so you you don't run into a situation where, like you would in the regular session, that, that you're you're kind of horse trading for different things, right? Um, but so you isolate the issue. I think it's a great idea to do that special session. But because it was in the at the beginning, remember, so they didn't have their second legislative day until two calendar weeks in. So anyway, we've got. The second tranche, the second 1.1 billion of ARPA coming, and um, so will they do the same thing? Uh, it I'm, worked I'm, last time. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm. If I were a betting woman, I would say no special session from from the the tea leaves I'm reading. Now, maybe mm -hmm. I'm wrong, but um, I think before the. Governor Ivey would call a special session. First of all, there there has to be a a bill, and I think she has to know absolutely that there wouldn't that that everybody's on board. And I'm not sure there's a bill yet. I agree. I don't think there is either. They they just got the guidance from um, uh, Treasury 
So yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not a uh, it's not really ready to go. But. Yeah, there's still a lot of details to be worked out. Um, and and speaker led better. He mentioned something interesting. Uh, he brought up a good point to reporters uh, that maybe with you know more thirty new members, more than thirty new members in the house out of you know 105 members maybe a special session right out of the gate it would be a little too much mm -hmm. um so because because we asked him about a special session as well um maybe maybe that that would be a little i mean these these folks are brand newly minted lawmakers so i i'm i'm thinking session within a session yeah, well, and and that that would be a reminder of um, twenty nineteen, right? So the twenty eighteen election happens. The twenty nineteen session uh, session begins with right. a special session within the regular right for the gas tax. Gas tax, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so these newly and, elected and that was the case where they had their ducks in a row. They knew the votes on that. I think yeah. pretty closely, anyway. So yeah, well, that I was mean, yeah, it, that was obviously a good idea. But you you go back to those new members, right? These brand new yeah. members, especially Republicans, who right. just just gotten elected, and their first vote is going to be to raise taxes. I mean, you know, that's tough, yeah. uh, but right? It's, but it, it still passed overwhelming. So we'll see. I mean, I guess the question is: there are two questions. Will will they have a special session? I don't know. If they do, will it be before the session or during it? And so yeah. those, those are two open questions. And that, look, not that it's that big a deal. I think it'll be a special session. I, if I, you just think it during it, during the yeah, regular? That's yeah, my, that's my wager. Yeah, well, as long as they don't, as long as that doesn't lead to three-day weeks, I'm, I'm fine right. with it. Right, because Todd works two jobs and it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, plug plug for Capital Journal. There you go. Uh, during you the session. You can keep up with all of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but... So one thing I'm also curious about is uh, this economic development stuff. We spent a lot of yeah. time talking about the economic development incentives and their reauthorization during our breakfast. Yes. Um, it was what Will Ainsworth came to talk about, Lieutenant Governor sure. Ainsworth. He is talking about that a lot. These yeah, because he led the commission to right. sort of make the recommendations. And I followed that. I went to, I guess, two or three of the meetings. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting to me because I, you know, I, I used to work in the governor's office, and that was back in the days of recruiting like ThyssenKrupp and sure. you know, so uh, well the, the first round of Airbus and and all that. Um, and incentives are actually a lot different now than they used to be. Right. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in, interested in this. Plus, you know, our law sunsets, our our, our economic development incentive law, the Alabama mm -hmm. Jobs Act sunsets. So it goes away. It expires unless they reauthorize it. Right. This year, um, later this yeah. year. Right. So yeah, it's, and it's a big issue. It's a big issue. And there does seem to be, you know, they, you mentioned uh, Ainsworth's commission. He had uh, several lawmakers on that. Democrats, uh, Bobby Singleton has been on that. There seems to be some broad support for that. I, I just talking to folks this week, um, it seems like it's going to be a priority. Uh, Speaker, I'm sorry, not Speaker, uh, Senate President Pro Tem Reed said it'd be a priority when, when they come in. So I think that'll, that's probably something they just want to get done and and get done early um, with, because again, it seems like there's there's support on, on both sides of the aisle. So yeah, I think I, that's I something agree. we can expect to get knocked out pretty early. I agree. And, and look, we have the top four leaders of the legislature on yeah. stage talking about this issue, they all agreed. I mean, they may have some, um, you know, kind of specific yes. policy differences. You know, yeah, again, we haven't, we know this is going to be a package of bills. We haven't seen the bills yet. So, you know, in the weeds yeah. will, will matter. Well, like, you know, um, Singleton's talking about, look, we got to take care of rural folks right? Um, in this. I mean, I think he's pretty serious about that. So yeah. um, I don't think they're going to have a problem reauthorizing, but I'm eager to see the actual changes um, but I'm also looking at it from this standpoint, like think about the governor, Kay Ivey, um, her tenure as governor has really been just sort of defined by forces out of her control, right? She comes into office um, because of the Bentley debacle, yes. um, you know, steadying the ship, as she said a million times, but right. I mean, you know, credit to her, she did a good job. Uh, 
So she finally gets to where you know, she gets her own term and everything's, you know, starting to get, gets the gas tax. And then suddenly COVID happens oh, and all, all this stuff. So I, I kind of see it as, all right, she's got this new term. I think when she's done, she'll be the longest serving governor. If she serves the whole term. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if I'm her, if I'm her team, I'm looking for like a defining issue yeah. and, and economic development might be that. And so, so much as the, that Ainsworth was talking about it and these these leaders were talking about it at our issues breakfast. I bet uh, I'm just betting that the governor makes it a big part of her inauguration speech, say to the state and takes a lot mm-hmm. of ownership over this incentives thing. Um, kind of like the gas tax um, as a, Hey, this is what we do now is going to help us recruit and help us you know, transform the economy, blah, blah, blah. So, and, and and look, when we we've seen in the past when when KIV engages in an issue, it doesn't happen all that often, really. Right. In the legislature, it it moves. You know, she's she's sure. pretty popular. So I'm just kind of oh, thinking. Yeah, we got it. The the current governor. This is a huge issue for her. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Ainsworth. Um, it, it's a huge issue for for him, and I, I mean, it's no secret that he has higher ambitions, and it would yeah. be a, a he's great skin of the game. Yeah, he's got, he's got a vested interest in this. So yeah, it's it's. I think everybody everybody knows the the game plan. Everybody everybody has gotten the playbook. Well, besides Ooh, that, sporty. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Sports references for the win. Um, well, what what are you looking at down the road? They're not they're not here until March, but down they're the road, what, um, the regular session. I mean. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking in terms of other priorities, issues that we might see? Um, I think we, a few things I'm watching to see if be, they become priority. The school choice, school funding, um, can p- public dollars mm-hmm. follow students anywhere kind of debate, you know, it lost, it lost two major advocates last year with the retirement of Delmarsh and the uh, defeat of Charlotte Meadows in the house. Um, I mean, those were the really two sponsors. That were, right. right. Those, those were the were two the sponsors. Two, yeah. yeah. The, and so I'm, I'm real interested and I, I haven't gotten a read yet on, on who will be picking up that issue. I know it's important to several um, and I know there's a lot of folks advocating for it. And as you talk to some of these new members, especially in the House, talk to several that are very, uh, very um, pro school school choice, uh, um, educational educational choice. So, but just what's what's that gonna look like? Um, again, I mean, it that was such a huge lift, and I losing Marsh in the Senate, I think. It was difficult. I, I was talking to, I've been asking around, who's going to pick this up? And, you know, somebody told me, well, Charlotte Meadows was never going to be able to get it passed in the House. It needed to be somebody else. Um, who that is, is, is something to watch and, and exactly what that's going to look like. Yeah, I agree. And I, it's interesting. That's an interesting issue to me. I've been involved in school choice issues for a long time. And it's funny because I see, especially Republicans, campaigning on the issue and saying right. I'm I sport school choice. I'm school choice. I don't think they all mean the same thing when they no. say those words. And yeah. So, and I, when we've been doing these new member profiles um, that you can read at aldailynews.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's one of my questions I try to get in um, because a lot of them do say, you know, they're for school choice. I said, what does that mean? What does that look like? Is that taxpayer money following students? How much? And some of them, you know, some of them are like, yes, I, we should be 100% funding kid students in private schools. And some say, well, I, I think, you know, there shouldn't be zones between public schools. And so, yeah, it's, it's a very broad term that doesn't, yeah. You yeah. need to be more specific about the language, I think. Well, sure, because I mean, and it it's one of those issues that it, it sounds good. Like, mm-hmm. um, hey, yes, funding we, we fund students, not systems. We fund, yeah. You know, it, it, if you move from one system to another, it would that, that money would follow, right? And so, uh, at the same time, when you look at the 
the large impact on the state budget, which, I mean, I think that price tag was in the $300, $400 million range. That's, that's a, that's, that's big. Right. And, um, so, but, but notionally, yeah. And, and I, I think also what happened with, uh, the pandemic, you know, right. and, um, so many kids were kept out of school for so long. Um, some parents chose private schools. Some people chose homeschooling, things like that. So there's been a lot of disruption in the education world. But so I don't know where that where that goes. And and also on that issue is is charter schools. So mm-hmm. you know this this same debate happened back you know when they were t- uh, passing charter schools and that like okay, well you're oh you're taking money out of the classroom and sending it to this other school. So like, well. There are, there are reasons for that. That there, mm-hmm. you know, I remember back then. It's like we're talking about alternatives that parents want, right? Um, but still, it's it's it comes down to a tough vote, especially when two very influential lobbies the mm-hmm. te- the, the Alabama Education Association, the teachers uh, slash school employees, and the superintendents, right? Right. They're they are two kind of kind of a one-two punch when it comes to education. Of course, mm-hmm. they oppose proposals like that. Right. Um, and as, as we've reported, it's a whole different AEA this year, last year, than than we saw maybe eight years ago. Well, yeah, they were the top. AEA was the, the number one contributor to Republicans in 2022. Yeah. The, the number one organization. No organization contributed to to Republicans more than AEA. You, if I'd have said that about the 2014 cycle, you'd, uh, yeah. you'd have looked at me like I was crazy. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So. It, they are a kinder, gentler. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just, it's a, their approach. And I mean, it's, it's working for them. It's a totally different organization than when I started we, 12 years ago. And we should do a whole episode maybe just on education stuff. Like there's sure. so much in that space, but I agree sure. that that's going to, that's going to be a, yeah. an issue. Um, so a few more, a few more kind of sleeper issues that I think could pop back up. You know, this this judicial allocation issue has not gone away. We it, it the, um, the Jefferson County thing, the Jefferson County thing. It, but it's not just a Jefferson County thing. It's it's Madison County. It's Lee County. Uh, I think it's Mobile. But the issue, and I'll try to. I, I should have written this down before I jumped into this. The the issue is that. There is a, a current law that was passed several years ago that says that judges can be reallocated around the state as they retire. Their, their positions can be reallocated as needed based on caseload. Um, and there are some conservative, fiscal conservative lawmakers who want to do that r- rather than just creating new judgeships around mm-hmm. the state. Jefferson County has, I should have put these numbers, but um, has a lot more judges than anywhere else. Um, And there's a a list that the uh, Chief Justice has put together that shows where the highest need for judges are. And and I know it's Madison County, and this has been a huge issue from for some senators up there. And they want more, they would just like some funding, they just want judges, they don't care how they get them. but there is the, some physical conservatives that say, no, we're not going to pay more judges and pay more staff when we could take some of these spots from Jefferson County as they retire and move them. And Jefferson County, which has a very large, very powerful delegation on both sides of the aisle, has balked at that heavily. Yeah. Um, I mean, I bet that's the kind of delegation... And this is the kind of issue that can shut down a session pretty quick. Right. I mean, we, we saw Roger Smitherman, the Democrat from, from Birmingham, get pretty heated about this issue um, previously. Um, and, By the yeah, way, that, I, I, hear, I hear he's the Democratic ranking member on rules. So that's, that's, <laughs> yes. That's, that's, yes. Yes, that's, we need to clarify that. Clarify that. Which is, <laughs> uh, yeah, rules, rules is powerful. Rules is powerful. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the the... Jefferson County delegation. I mean, it's Greg Reed. It's Senator Wagner. Um, there's some. There's some heavy hitters on that. And if it, you know, yeah, it, it that's a tough, rock in a hard place sort of issue. So I, I 
I absolutely expect that to pop up at some point uh, in the upcoming session. We're good. Uh, but for right now, I'm just kind of watching the players. Um, the The house has more than 30 new members. And, you know, when you look at it on paper, nothing changed. Still the same amount of R's and D's in both chambers. But when you look at the actual people and the personalities, I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the house, there's a lot more right-leaning. The, the house has gone further to the right with these new members replacing replacing some of the, the guys we saw retire mm-hmm. uh, last year. Um, so I think there, it's going to be some in, be interesting to see how these personalities, you know, when everybody's newly elected, they have their, you know, talking points and things they want to do. And we'll see what happens when they're actually in the chamber in March. Um, and then in the Senate, again, same 35 members, seven of them are Democrats. But I think it's it's, it's going to be the, the, the Democratic caucus is a different. I mean, we've got Senator Marika Coleman from Jefferson mm-hmm. County replacing um Don, right? Senator Don who was who missed the entire last quadrennium. Yep. Yeah. For health issues. And we report we mentioned that in a few stories. I'm still surprised nobody ever made that a bigger issue. Um but I think I mean why would Republicans make that an issue? They it's just one less Democrat for them to deal with. Um but Marika Coleman is well respected. I mean she's she's put in her time in the House. She carried the constitutional recount bill Mm -hmm. um and she's not uh so so she's coming in technically she's a new senator but she knows how to legislate and she's not a wallflower no Uh, she's 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 gonna be vocal she's gonna be vocal and then we have senator stewart representing selma uh representing that district and he is new uh but i think he's to talk talk to him. I mean, he's ready to hit the ground running. Uh, he worked for Congresswoman Sewell. He knows he knows politics. He's from Selma. He knows the issues. He's very uh, well spoken and ready to to get in there. And uh, you know, so I think the the, the players are going to be different. The numbers are the same, but I think the players might be a little bit different. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm also curious about the house and about you know you, you talked about. Perhaps they may be more right leaning. I, I don't even really know what that means anymore because yeah. if, if you know five, maybe even seven, eight years ago, if you said conservative, I would think you meant okay, somebody that's fiscally conservative, socially conservative, and you can take that logic elsewhere. You know, conserving the founding, as as George Will would say. But these days, I mean, I don't, I don't recognize conservative conservatism in all of right-wing politics um so you know i'm I'm just curious to see how how that uh, that will apply like right um, sometimes people run for the legislature because they're fired up about you know republicans versus democrats and and all that and they get to montgomery and it's not congress and you can't like you know investigate biden or you know so so the the issues are just kind of different and, and in Montgomery, it's not always like right versus left. Sometimes they're just, you know, budgeting problems or, or fixing mm-hmm. an agency or stuff, something like that. So I'm, I'm curious how that will actually apply itself um, because, I don't know, sometimes in the, in the new Republican Party that sort of, you know, Trump now dominates or at least dominated mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah, it's not exactly ideological. It's more... Um, maybe emotion driven and and, and that right. kind of thing. Right, right. But yeah, I've talked to to a few of these new members who you know they think that well, I think we'll see some social issues come back up. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. CRT, CRT. I talked to a few that don't think that the the transgender bills passed previously went far enough, did enough. Hmm. Um. So I yeah I. The, and, and and abortion in the wake of the Supreme Court right. ruling. Right, yeah. I mean, so I I mean our, our law is, I mean, the most restrictive in the country, so I, I don't know where, where they would really go, but, but all right, those three issues. 
Yeah. Uh, CRT, transgender, and abortion. I mean, those, those are three pretty big right. uh, hot-button social issues. Right, right. D did you hear uh, Senator Singleton yesterday when he gaggled? He mentioned that he wants to, he would like to, to Democrats plan to bring something trying to uh, open up the, the abortion law again to add exceptions for rape and incest and, and maybe a few other things. Uh, I did not. I did yeah. not. And I remember talking to Terry Collins about this, Representative right. Collins, who who sponsored yes. the, what is currently law. Because I asked her on Capitol Journal, like, what, you know, after the ruling, what, where do we go from here? And and uh, you you probably had more conversations with her. So you, you tell me where I'm falling short here. But the sense I got was that they passed that bill. I think it was 2019. 2019. Yep. And as a her, as a vehicle. Her, mm -hmm. Keep going. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. Like it's talking to like Eric Johnston and like the the, the pro life yeah. movement crowd. Like well, like the the, the feeling was this is not actually going to be law. We're just trying to get a vehicle to the Supreme right. Court, and then we'll come in and make it an we'll make it our own Alabama law. But yeah. Right. And they wanted but, to be Mississippi. They wanted to get to the Supreme Court. And but they didn't because the Supreme Court chose Mississippi's law that was less restrictive. I think it was 15 weeks. Um, but so I think there's probably plenty of lawmakers that would, if they just didn't have to vote on it, would right. absolutely go back and say, "All right, let's put some common sense, you know, exceptions right. in this kind, you know, rape yeah. incest, maybe a, a certain number of weeks." Right. But but they certainly don't want to vote on it. Right. They don't want the Republicans yeah. don't want to cast that vote. That's just that's pri that's primary poison. Right. Um, and, yeah. And that what what you just explained was what Singleton was saying. He said, "Let's let's hold them to that. That's what they said. Let's do that." Oh, interesting. So, so this issue is it, it's going to come up. We're going to see it. Um, how far it goes. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I think if you talk to to so many Republicans privately, they would say, "Yeah." I'm, I'm fine with an exception for rape, for incest, I, um, but they're not going to put their name on a vote to be used against them in an ad in four years. Right. So. And in the same and in the same way, the pro-life crowd, the Eric Johnson's of the world are, are they're not going to accept that. Right. Yeah. They're not they're right. not. If, if there was some kind of bill that came up, they would absolutely oppose it, even though, mm -hmm. again, that was sort of sold as the plan at, at yeah. the beginning. No, so. Eric Johnson told us that back in the spring. We, yeah. we talked about it. He said, absolutely not. This is the bill that we, he, he got the bill he wanted. Right. So a bit of a, bit of a uh, shell game there, yeah. but uh, interesting. Interesting. Nonetheless, we've got like, what, almost six weeks, five weeks before the, it's kind of weird. They come in for this, uh, this, um, organizational session we all get spun up and we're here for yeah. a week it kind of feels like we're back <laughs> right and then now they're gone for a while yeah um, oh let but, it down but they're gonna start filing bills so something to check uh check every morning see yeah actually see what, I, see what we're getting i just sat down with april weaver senator april weaver she has filed the very first bill <gasps> you beat in, gerald uh, allen to a senate bill Wow, yeah, that's 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 saying something. Um, <laughs> but it's about the. Uh, we'll talk about this a, another time. But it's about okay. the good time law, okay. uh, and and the the problems that have come with um, prisoners accruing good time for early release. Sure. So I interviewed her for Capital Journal. That'll um, obviously air Friday night. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. So um, anyway, that's, that's a, yet another issue uh, to bring up. But yeah, they're starting to come. The bills are starting to come. Um, and, and let's do this, you know, my goal is weekly to, to okay. have this weekly conversation. That's a good to, goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, the original in the weeds was, uh, certainly not that frequent, but again, okay. there's better, better technology. It's kind of easier to put together, but yeah, um, I'm with you. I, I'm on I, board, whatever, whatever you need. Let's do it. This is fun. And, <laughs> and, you know, we'll have guests, uh, interesting guests. I think those were... When I go back, you can look at the metrics of how many people listen. If I mm -hmm. go back to the old episodes, oh, I'm gonna be sad if we look <laughs> at this. <laughs> well, I mean, it, yeah, it. But the biggest episodes were like 
interesting guests like Mo Brooks. I think the last one we did was Mo Brooks when he yeah. announced he was running. I mean, it just he just said a lot, right? He's an open sure. book. Um, that got a lot. The Tommy Toberville, both both Tommy Toberville interviews got a lot because he said things that were, you know, <laughs> I don't know, a little, little out there. And um, yeah, that's you, you might remember that that was the day the website crashed. You may, you may have not worked here. No, yet, no, right? oh no, I I remember the website crashing. Yes, yeah. Oh, that was crazy because it got picked up by CNN and everybody, New York Times, and everybody. Yeah, so the website yeah. crashed because it wasn't built for a million people to look at it. But so. now we have a shiny new website. Shiny new website, re- podcast reborn, and we should mention uh, a new staff member, a, a new reporter. Yes, Alex Ale- Alexander Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've just hired him. He's going to come on board in February. Comes to us from Tennessee uh, with some legislative reporting experience. We're really excited. He was down, you know, for the organizational session and y'all walked around and got to know everybody. So I hope that we went did. Well. Yeah. I'm excited to have him on board. I think he's going to be a great addition. We also have a couple of university of Alabama students joining us, um, as an intern and a freelancer. Uh, so I am excited. Yeah. we got a good team. Yeah. A growing team and, and, a. a a, a, a good good things all around for Alabama Daily News, and I really um, appreciate everybody's support. Loved having everybody at the issues breakfast. Yeah, um, I've been to a lot of those breakfasts, and that was a good one. That was a really good one. Well, good. I mean, it kind of came together pretty quickly, um, and I was yeah, you'll remember me. I was so worried about the space issue because we only had yeah. room for so many, and I was worried we'd have an overflow and I'd get charged. But um, Next time, I had a lot of folks come up saying, "Hey, this is great. Let us help sponsor." You know, no, um, just we just like seeing this, like getting it together. So next time we'll do it again, maybe kind of themed on some issues. Uh, yeah, I, I thought about uh, education and mm-hmm. workforce, uh, prisons. Yeah, healthcare, prisons. You know, we could do some of these things as long as we could put them together. Because I thought I thought everybody enjoyed it, but I, I just wanted to sell whoever's listening that. I really appreciate everybody coming to the breakfast and, you know, give me your ideas for what, what to do next. Mimosas. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, it is getting late. So it might be time for uh, a Thursday night beverage, but um, I, I thanks, thanks. Thanks again for doing this. And um, to everybody listening, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Alabama daily news. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks y'all. Bye-bye.